It's another session with the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Starring Bruce, John, Trav, Pixie. So sit back and groove with us cats as we spin another session of the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Last time, on the Tri-Tech Games Podcast, we were talking about the Skyrim cosmology and the gods. We continued the discussion with more gods on Skyrim. What keeps, so what keeps the Oblivion from taking back from which was taken from it? Well, um, the professor asked me to research these so I can take this. Various constructs, both natural and artificial, located all across Nern. Their existence ensures Mundus remains stabilized as they uphold the barriers between the mortal plane and the realms of oblivion. Each tower bears a stone that serves as its heart and provides it with stability and power. If the stone is ever removed from a tower or destroyed, the tower becomes inert or deactivated. Should all existing towers fail, Mundus itself would cease to exist. Now, we discussed before the taping that... It's a redundant system. There are eight known towers, but you only need two towers for the barriers to be maintained. There are eight known ones across Nirn, so hence a redundant system. And as of as of the fourth era, four of those towers are confirmed to be deactivated. Okay, let's see. Um, so it sounds like someone's someone is a nihilist and wants to go go back to the oblivion. Well, no, it's like they're uh 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 Lorcan, they're like Lorcan screwed us out of parts of ourselves. We can't get those parts back, but we can undo his work. Right. That is that is the Aldmeri domains end game. I will Oh, oh I yeah, you... this off here. The deactivation of the towers. Because the towers maintain the barriers between the mortal plane and oblivion, whenever one is deactivated or destroyed, the barrier weakens. It can be deactivated either by destroying the tower or severing the link between the tower and the stone that powers it. Or destroying the stone itself. Right. Hmm. It sounds like there's one stone you're not gonna you're gonna have a hard time breaking. The heart of Lorcan of Lorcan. Actually, it that that is a deactivated tower. Oh. Because the part of Lorcan's link with the Red Mountain was broken. Ah. The link between the tower and the stone must remain intact. In the events of Morrowind, when the heart of Lorcan disappeared from the mortal plane, that link was broken. Hmm. But it had to be broken. Oh. And if you're interested, it's available as a video game and you can play through it and find out why. <laughs> It, it, hey, it's even compatible with the Xbox One. Go have fun. Yeah. 
Well, no, we don't have to the old system anymore. Oh, there we go. Oh, it looks like a heart, too. Of mm-hmm. course. Of course it looks like a heart, because it is a heart. Uh, yes. It couldn't be destroyed mm-hmm. by the enchantments on it could be undone, severing its link to the mortal plane. Yeah. Now, are there people seeking to bring it back? No. No? Not really. There are... The, the people that are seeking it are more seeking it in relation to the disappearance of the Dwemer. Ah, okay. So they're, so they're not... In, yeah, if they find the heart, it's just a happy happenstance. Right. Okay. And they have to find out where it went from, from there. Let's see. But basically, so these towers are the only thing that keeps Nern from turning into so much nothing. Yes. As of the Fourth Era, the Red Tower... Crystal Tower, Orchalk, and Block Brass are deactivated. It is unknown if Green Sap or Snowthroat are active, and White Gold may have been reactivated after the Oblivion Crisis ended, but that is also not not explained. And I think you said it takes a minimum of two to keep everything happy and safe. We'll yes. Get down to one. What happens then if there's only one operational? If there's only one operational, one, it would most likely be adamantia. Mm-hmm. And two, I believe the mortal plane would begin to destabilize at that moment. Basically, it looked like one of its moons at that point, is what you're yes. saying. Yeah. As things fall into nothingness. Yeah, that would be a bad time. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... So you you you, uh, you 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 teams of fringe ready we come there do not touch those stones. <laughs> right. Leave them where they are, because taking but on the towers. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling maintain, they maintain the barrier between Mundus and Oblivion. Mm-hmm. There are sixteen known realms of Oblivion. What if there are sixteen towers to match that? Oh. I wouldn't see why not. It's just eight of them haven't been discovered yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah, eight secret towers. Yeah. And we may find those out as they put more out. Give us Valenwood already. <laughs> it's like late waiting for the next next book of Game of Thrones. You gotta wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. So okay. So the towers are and the towers are places. And I take it uh, from the looks of it, not all of them are centers of civilization. The White Gold Tower looks like it definitely is in the middle of, middle of a civil, middle of a major city. The White Gold Tower is the center of the Imperial City in Cyrodiil. Ah, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, I see it right there. Yep, Okay. It's built with a central spire. The structure itself, the structure itself resembles the wheel, basically the wheel of fate. Ooh, now was there it was there a divine that? No, this was built by the aliens as a means of refocusing the powers of creation to reach divinity. I, I, yeah, the reason I was mentioning that because we were talking about how they were there were sixteen uh, princes. Is there a prince that corresponds a Daedric prince that corresponds to fate? Yes, that would be Hermes Mora. Hmm. The formless Daedric Prince of Knowledge and Memory seeks to possess all that's knowable. He's also 
self-proclaims himself as master of fate. Okay, so so technically, if this is if this tower is dedicated to fate, then that technically corresponds to him. Right. All right. So then that brings up things like uh, what was the uh, snow throat? Snow throat, also known as the snow tower, is typically interpreted as the throat of the world in Skyrim. It's on Dragon Break. Is that Akatos? No. A Dragon Break deals with Akatosh, yes. Akatosh. Because it's a phenomenon that involves a splitting of the natural timeline. All right. The dragon is mentioned in reference to Akatosh being the dragon god of time. And to split time that way is to break the dragon. Oh, I'm looking at the known uh, Daedric princes, and there's Azura, a prince who maintains draw powers in the balance of night and day. Nah, doesn't quite work for for time. The Queen of Dawn and Dusk, yes. Mm. Oh, yeah, there's Nocturnal. That could be, though. But Meridia, a definite counterpart to Okay. Oh, yes, the prince of all energies, of all living things, enemy of the undead, and all those who disrupt the flow of life. One of those that is not seen as evil, Meridia. You point, you point Meridian people, you point followers of RK and Meridia at a necromancer, both get arguing with each other. Yep. Out come the knives. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, yes, and her picture is, oh, actually, she's well, except for the fact she's not just wearing a thong. Uh, it's very modest. Yeah. Come on, game designers. You know, where's the Mother Earth who basically looks like, you know, who's a bit, who's got, you know, who doesn't look like a, a fashion model or doesn't look like uh, Pamela, Pamela Anderson? Uh, you mean Mrs. Claus? Yeah, there you go. Mrs. Claus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think the, the towers represent aspects per se. Mm-hmm. But they, but they could, you know. They could. Yeah. Or hey, it hasn't been revealed yet, so we don't know. Right. One of the towers, Walkbrass, was actually made in a, was actually made an effort in one in the Dwellers' effort to reach divinity. So that's something that was created and then became a tower. And speaking of Groot, I'm looking at Green Sap. Uh, yes. Yeah, we were talking about who was that gang who was who was all about uh, trees and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, green sap definitely sounds like something. Green sap probably was a natural creation. Yeah. Possibly involving Kinnereth in some way. Yeah. Oh, and that will probably be a location we visit in Bellingwood. Yeah, that's what we got. Being located within that province. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have the uh, eight divines. Sorry, I'm just getting the list up again. Right, the, the eight divines, also referred to as the eight and one, because there's nine divines. We have eight known towers, but, there's, but there may be 16. We don't know. There may be more than that. Yeah, yeah. 
And we have 10 divine. Actually, we have 10 divines, you know, but we know everybody counts Talos. Nine, because yeah. everyone counts Talos. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite possible. And, and since the one tower is down, uh, definitely. Four. Uh, yeah. So it was taken. It was taken from this realm, from the material plane realm to what? Erethus? Ethereus? The heart of Lorcan disappeared. That completely took the Red Tower down. And no one knows where it went. No one knows where it went. Also, another one taken down the same way was the Brass Tower, when the Numidium itself disappeared from existence. That happened Mm -hmm. in the events of Daggerfall. If you really want to play something that old, have fun. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. Uh, the, The graphics don't look too bad. No, it's not an operating system. You need an emulator to run now. <laughs> yeah, well, also probably I'm looking at pictures that were rendered for 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 you know for say for advertisements. Uh, <laughs> all right, so so these different towers are basically what keeps Nern from turning into nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Basically, the they get absorbed and just obliterated. Yeah, from what yeah. I'm seeing. Now here's a again. This is because we are the keepers of knowledge of of all thing of all things fringe worthy and so forth. I would still say, yeah, yes, the world vanishes, and then there's these portals floating there in the in the nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's what it sounds like. It's not going to eradicate the portals. Nope. Right, because they're they're separate from it. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. So the portals would still be, and that would also. Do away with Mundus, and the uh, the the nine divinities would then would, would they get their get their mojo back, or would they also vanish? Ooh, good question. Good question because they they pretty much existed before there was people to uh, believe in them. So so it sounds like the towers are doing a couple things. One thing they're doing is well keeping their essences in place. And if the towers are gone, there's nothing well staking them down anymore. I would imagine that's the reason why it goes to nothingness because they basically they're the, the, the towers uh, undoing the barriers. Yeah, it the essences they use to create Nern would disperse and go back to where they were. Yeah. So what about Lorcan? Lorcan is dead. Okay, so he is. So basically, when with his heart gone, he just van- the, the body just vanishes. Uh, getting technical, his body became nerd. Yeah. He was dead before there were people on Earth. It's just that his heart couldn't be destroyed because it was the heart of the world. All right. Okay. So basically, uh, oh, this is, is going to sound not very nice, but we're, basically, Nern is his decomposed remains. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, this is good loam. It's good Lorcan. Oh, those worms had to eat for a long time to turn that into loam. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, kind of. It was kind of tough and chewy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but okay. Uh, that does mean. It's, it's, does that mean that if you dig far enough, you'll find deposits of fat? You? Okay. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anywho's, yeah. Uh, 
So, all right. So the towers are placed. No, the towers are are all the towers situated in the midst of cities, or some are just out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, some of them are natural formations. One of them is a uh, oh, snowthroat. Yeah, snowthroat is the throat of the world. It's a giant snowy mountain. And green sap is made up of a large network of grot oak trees in which began with the Elden Tree of the secret Elden Grove, all of which are planted with a, perchance, acorn. Hmm. Don't ask. Yeah. Is the... Yeah, I'm looking at the name, Grot Oak, and I'm thinking, Groot. Grot Oaks are giant migratory trees that house Bosmeri cities in the province of Allenwood. Why do I have a feeling these are going to be a large part of the game? Interesting. I'm just looking at the. I just I just went to look at the you know, throw of the world, the mountain, and I saw ebony ore. Oh yeah, the, the ebony ore at the very top, next to the notched pickaxe. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what it corresponds to in the real world. Because you can make weapons out of it. You can make armor out of it. You can make dragon bane weapons out of it. No, no, no. Dragon bane, dragon bone weapons are made of dragon bones. Oh, dragon bone. Uh... Dragon weapons are uh, the base is dragon bone. Okay, I got you. But you can have okay dragon bone with a ebony blade on it. Then okay. No, it's literally dragon bone. It's daedric weapons that are made of an ebony base. I'm looking at the li- listing here, and they list dragon. Uh... Oh, oh! If Dawnguard, if you install a mod, never mind. We're not gonna worry about mods in this one. Uh, yeah, so no mod, so unmodded, just the uh, da- Daedric, wep- Daedric armor oh. and so forth. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah the, okay, so there is ebony ingots used in dragon bone weapons, fine. I haven't done dragon bone weapons yet, okay? Yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah, we're not worried about that, so. I haven't gotten around to doing it. Why do I have a feeling that if you if, after eighteen hours, it, it, all this wonderful wonderful armor turns into ebony wood? You know, it, what does it correspond to in in the real in 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 uh, non Skyrim world? I'm not gonna use real world because we do what alternate worlds. There is no real world unless you talk about Tamelon Prime. The only right, real but world. why would you ever take anything like that that's really valuable and really powerful? Why would you ever take it out onto the platform and risk losing it like that? Because people are stupid. They are they forgetful. They forget they have that, that that ebony blade stuck in their backpack, you know, and then go through their but list. It, it, um, it may be it may not it may be either a type of wood or it may be the Elder Scrolls equivalent of obsidian. Oh, which makes it even less more fragile. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So while you're in while you're in Skyrim, it is you know it's basically incre- you know, incredibly uh, durable. I believe the looks of it. It's tough. It's the third highest tier of. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So it's a bit like obsidian weapons in, in Minecraft. So it's very tough, very strong. It's nothing on something higher level, but it's still very strong. Okay, I can see that. And then, unfortunately, then it turns into volcanic glass if you let it go for 18 hours. Uh, 
Still sharp. Still probably sharp as... as sharp. Still pretty... Dangerous. Until, until you use it. Dangerous, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, very frangible. Very, very fragile. Ooh. So that brings the point up. I know we're tangenting a little bit here, but, you know, so... I bring in some some obsidian weapons. Do they turn into ebony weapons after 18 hours? Ooh. Good question. Since it is the closest approximation. Yeah, that that does... It, it, it kind of does beg the question, but yeah, that, you know, so... It, it goes both ways. You know, this transference of materials, you know, of what you can bring through the portals that doesn't get turned into a, 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 a non-fissionable isotope or non-radioactive isotope. Um, we'll get, if there's no corresponding element, it gets turned into its nearest approximate uh, element. Um, so I, are the things equivalent to radioactive ores in, in Skyrim? Think basically rocks that have power. You know, think redstone. Only Skyrim version of it. Are there, you know, are there stone? Are there stones that ha have natural? You know, basically, I'm thinking of the version of uh, the, the the Skyrim version of radium, uranium. No, I don't think so. But okay, in this case, suddenly they're all magical. Then, in that case, it takes 18 hours for those suckers to lose their abilities. Okay. But anyway, yeah, so we have these towers. Some some of them are in the middle of cities. Some are in the middle of nowhere. It sounds like, if I'm correctly, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Snowthroat? Yeah, isn't Skyrim. So that so when we did original uh, original talk, when we, we did a talk on this, you're near you're near Snowthroat. Yeah. It, while it's often interpreted as specifically the throat of the world, that could just be where the stone is because if you if you look at the if you look at Alduin's wall again snow tower lies centered kingless leading in the fourth era yeah there there that's that's where you have us come over there and this is yeah okay it's not and that that's why I'm thinking the snow tower in that line is being referred to as Skyrim itself. Mm. With the stone possibly being the throat of the world. Yeah. I mean, it's... The snow, snow throat stone is said to be the cave. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a cave, but... It's a developer chat log on this subject. I'm looking at a picture of, uh, of, of the mountain that supposedly it's in, and it's like, I'm looking at it going... Um, that makes uh, K2 and Everest look like a flat hill. A uh -huh. gently sloping hill. <laughs> uh, and the thing is, people and people climb that in game. I'm going, okay. These people would view Everest as being a, uh, oh yeah, it's just a, yeah, yeah, not a problem. I can climb that, no problem. There's no wolves here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there? Yeah. It's nothing to worry about here. <laughs> I don't have to worry about things killing me here. Just you know, just snow. Right, and with the people that climb, with the people that climb through the world anyway. Yeah. With the people that up to the very up to the top, they don't even have to worry about snow. Yeah. So, how tall is this mountain? 
Yeah, I just looking at the pictures, it's probably in the same range as Everest, I would say. It's about 26, 27,000 feet. It's the highest mountain of Tamriel. Yeah. 26, 27,000 feet. What's Everest again? I think Everest is like 26,932 feet above sea level. Okay. So basically, as mountains go, it's about as tall as you get with a mountain for the structural strength of the bedrock and foundations it's formed from. Really, you can't get much taller than Everest because it'll start subsiding and, and collapsing under its own weight. You know, that does make for a really tall peak. You know, that's why they're pyramid-shaped for a reason. <laughs> yeah, interesting fact about Everest is that it's actually 29,000 and like 30 feet. Oh, okay. Yeah. The reason that they went with 29 is because it sounds like it's been rounded up. So they went to 29 so people would real, really believe that it was that height. It's actually now, I think, what, three inches shorter now, thanks to the earthquake in Nepal? Well, wow. it varies according to, uh, yeah, it it varies, you know, yeah. um, depending upon how it's been measured. But, you know, it's been measured as 29,002 feet high. Yeah. I mean, so it just someone said they actually put a, a um, some sort of reflector at the top so that sal- you know satellites can actually do a more accurate measurement of its of its of its height. So yeah, I'm sure it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, yeah. But so yeah, this is a fairly tall mountain, and this is where you might find one of the hearts if you were to poke around. You know, poke you know poke around and see what's there. Especially if you recognize it. You know, especially if you have a gamer on your team who goes, "I know what this place is. I played this." <laughs> Unless, of course, yeah, unless, of course, you don't want to assume that this is exactly the same as the video game. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Which I highly recommend you don't do, you know, other than to use the same map, because then the GM can go through the game. And when you walk into a room, he can tell you exactly what's in it and even read to you out of the books that are on the shelves. <laughs> that's, I think that's a great thing. Okay. Yeah. But I don't like the idea of people saying, well, well you know, it's going to be exactly the same. So I know the storyline. So I know right where this treasure is and where this secret cache of, 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 of super wands are. And I say, fo- you know, fooey on that. Yeah, I, I agree too. Yeah, but there's some set set places like you know they may know where. Uh, are you going to move villages around? Probably not. Villages are going to be there, but you know they t- they find out no, none of the people here are the same people that you that you ran into. You know, so the one you know, so it's going to be a different place. It's just you know, it's it's like you know watching TV shows. You know, you know it's New York City. Well. Those two streets are nowhere near each other in re- in real life, but hey, they are in, the, in they are in this TV show, and guess what? They are in this game. <laughs> These two, you know, this the city's laid out slightly different. It's not the way you thought. Remember it. <laughs> well, you, you know, right? Well, you may know the direction in which things are. It's going to take a lot longer to get there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. This because I think we decided that the the, the game map size is much more than the actual size. The actual size is right. much bigger. You right, got, the actual size would be much bigger. Yeah, you got days to travel to get to these places. In the scheme of things, if somebody, <clears throat> I'm working on that, 
if somebody has gone through and read the lore books or is willing to pull them up, because most of them, if not all of them, are on this wiki, if you're looking at the lore books, you can actually read off what they say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The base of the walkthroughs, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's walkthroughs for everything. But this is, you know, this is a case where um, I'd say, you know, you know, this, just be general because, for one thing, the player, you know, doesn't have encyclopedic knowledge of what what's on that world. Like, okay, so you had the game in front of you? No. Guess what? You, you you're gonna have to make knowledge rolls, remember stuff, and yeah. you know, and it may not be, and it may not be right either. And, and then there's the. I think it said something about this. Yeah. Though, There's that with us. However, I will make the point that after the first three game worlds are discovered, yeah, you're going to have, on your on your little iPad after 10 minutes, uh, they'll have all the various walkthrough books for every video game they ever made. Just in chance, you've just walked yourself onto one of these worlds. Let's see. If you have somebody that realizes that that even one of these places is real, in fact, they'll talk to the developers. They start doing everything they can. Yeah, like I said, they'll talk to the Yeah, they'll find more out there. They'll talk to developers and say, "Give us all the information you have, all your backstory, which you never published. We need that because just in case we run into your world out there." Well, there are there is. We've run into we've run into the Mushroom Kingdom out there for crying out loud. We need we need everything you have on on, on Mario World, uh, <laughs> you know. And so, yeah, so it, it, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. and so and but of course you will quickly find out that a it's not the same, but it's close enough that you can approximate things. You know, close enough to know. Close enough to knowledge we have will make things a bit easier. Yeah, yeah. And some things are going to be exactly the same. Where that th- where that stone is in that mountain is in the exact same place, you know, because that was set hundred thousand years ago. But the entrance may be another location because because of you know various things that have happened over the years. So you may not be able to find that entrance where it was in game. It could be someplace else. But it's there someplace, and the th- and the stone someplace in there. You just it's gonna be it's gonna take you a bit or bring a lot of dynamite <laughs> and make your own tunnel. You try, you try getting some dynamite to do that to try and find the stone corresponding to the third world to basically find the cave. Yeah, you're gonna draw some attention. Some very un, uh, some very unhappy attention. Oh, I never said it's gonna be easy. In fact, I, 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 if I was a GM, yeah, you draw attention the winged kind. Well, exactly. In this case, exactly the winged kind. Going, what do you think you're doing? Do my <laughs> do my best. Um, um, oh, uh, Cum- Cumberbatch voice. What are you doing with that mountain there? That's supposed to be Benedict Cumberbatch? It's my interpretation. That's for sure. Your interpretation was closer to the actual Parthenix voice. Ooh. And I don't even know what that is. Yeah, well, I don't have his... I don't look these things up. 
I don't have his timber, so yeah, there's close enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't have, yeah, have Benedict Cumberbatch's timber, but still, yeah. Don't try to do Cumberbatch. You can do a good dragon without doing Cumberbatch dragon. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. But anyway, yeah, so we're dealing with, so yeah, you're fringeworthy. Because uh, one thing, you know, because we say, what, you know, what's, what's in it for you need a, we're talking player characters. Player characters show up here and go, ooh. Is there things here we could find that might work, if not here, on not not back in Earth Prime, but would work on Bureau Thirteen? Well, we've already talked about this. That certainly yeah. the drug lore, yeah. you know, the drug lore that's here would be worth quite a bit. Yes, that's true. But uh, but would... this particular thing was about the cosmology and yes, how so... it affects the world and. And if they discover that the and this we when a few times we were saying, hey, don't worry about the prime world, the prime platform, the place to go are the star platforms and the system platforms, because that's where you're going to have your adventure. Right. You're not going. You know, don't go. Don't worry about prime. You're going. You're going. You know, this would be like the follow up. The follow up mission. You know, after you re you realize that yeah, this is the world of Skyrim, and some guy goes, is it a prime or an alt? It's a prime. Right, we're going to put together a team. We're going to go to the system platforms and see who we can talk to. Because that's where, the, in this case, that's where the adventure takes place. So you, you're, so I'm looking at the different... Yes, they would have to find out that's where those lead. They might, they might investigate it as, a, as simply, let's map out the note. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so, they'll find out mm -hmm. on these things. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, I mean they go through the oh, especially they go through the uh, the star platforms and they find Sanguine's uh, uh, realm, the prince, the prince of hedonism, debauchery, and the further indulgence of one darker's nature. <laughs> the party world. <laughs> yeah, well, she might not actually get anything done there. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No way. <laughs> Nothing really gets done there. Well, no. A lot of things get done there. Just not in your mission. Uh, <laughs> uh, Shush. <laughs> Sanguine rules over the myriad realms of Reverly, which, which are places which Sanguine allows all visitors to customize to their whims. It's a surely... It's a Shirley's realm. It's where you go for sure leave. Yeah, it makes it makes the makes the holo deck look like look sick. <laughs> oh, you make you make fun of, of Wesley Crusher's teenage uh, hologram programs. No, no, you know, this. Yeah, no, no, no. Submission beauty of sinners and is often seen with a bottle of ale of some kind in its hand. Yeah. He also enjoys playing pranks on others. One such example being a spell, being a spell that removes the clothing of everyone within the spell's radius. There you go. That old, that old uh, dream where you're in front of a crowd and suddenly you're in your underwear. I, I'm never wearing underwear when I'm in those dreams. Too much information. It's much, it's much more embarrassing that way. I mean, that's the whole point of those dreams, right? Too much information. Too much information. Uh, there's uh, Clavicus, there's Clavicus Vile, the 
the Prince of Deals, Pax Power Bargains, and Serenity through Wish Fulfillment. Um, but he takes, be careful what you wish for, very seriously. Hmm. Yeah, this is where you want your you you want to send your your uh, your uh, fringeworthy lawyer. For example, the rueful axe. The rueful axe was allegedly given to a wizard named Sebastian Lort, who asked Vile for a way to cure his daughter's lycanthropy. Hmm. There's always somebody like that. And that is pretty much this vile. <laughs> Oh, you want to cure your, your daughter's lycanthropy? Sure, no problem. Okay. She's dead. Yeah. And during during the quest, a dangerous best friend, you end up you find out that there's a group of vampires that are asking him for a cure for the misery, basically. Okay. They're seeking a cure from him. Well, you coming in and, and killing them all is kind of curing them. They're not unhappy anymore. Yeah. They're not suffering. Oops. What does the rueful axe do? Oh my goodness. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it basically slays lycanthropes. Okay. Yeah. Rueful axe slays lycanthropes. Okay. Yeah. He is your your typical gin. Mm-hmm. Not the not the Robin Williams kind. The other kind. Uh, so yes you have to be very careful in how you word your wish uh-huh. typical wish rules you know conjunctions count as a separate wish oh there are rules for making wishes no no, no. typical wish rules trap what was that did I say something <laughs> come on Chad what were your typical wish rules <laughs> Semantics, semantics, semantics. Yeah. The entire party gets involved because otherwise we can't beat him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can't say things like in, you know, uh, you can't say I wish to have because then it's then it could happen at any time. You know, you have to you you can't say um Well, it's not that the axe specifically kills lacanthropes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's just that it was given for that purpose because mm-hmm. it was just here. Okay, so it's basically I see it was given to him as a joke, sinister yes. joke. Because he, he toys with he loves toying with mortals generally for his own entertainment rather than for any particular purpose. Yeah. Oh, uh, he. Yeah. He's a troll. <laughs> if anything, the axe, being a Daedric artifact itself, is quite effective against Daedra, as used to kill Barbas and return the proportion of Vile's power to him by doing so. So, yeah, I don't think we ever covered this, but are, do wishes only affect that universe? Can you wish for something that actually is metaversal? Such as? Glorious Leader is dying, and we need him cured, but Glorious Leader is not fringeworthy, so we come here and see if we can get him to cure him. Hmm. That would be metaversal. It'd be happening in a different universe. Well? Well, Wish rewrites reality, I mean... Wish rewrites reality, and your 
Well, that doesn't have anything to do with it, John. It has to do with whether your wish or anything in this universe can affect the system. Because the system is what really decides whether you go through or not. Okay. So basically, um, I would say it's, it's, it's stuck to this universe. You know, you, if, uh, so anything, if you wish to cure your glorious leader, you get something that will cure him. But you got 18 hours to get home. Mm. You'll cure him. And and you do that wish. You probably want your lawyers to write it up first, so that you can, you know, at least. Uh, well, that's gonna be interesting because you'll write it in your home language. You come here, and now you gotta speak his language. Can you actually translate it in a way that doesn't screw you? Yeah. That's mm. that, that'd be interesting, because you know, tra- in translation, you could easily make a make a mistranslation, and yeah, yes, it will cure your glorious leader. Of that disease doesn't mean he's actually cured of any of all diseases, or doesn't give him a different disease. You know, you never know. Yeah. So that that's almost where you want to have send in your put together your special team of French worthy lawyers, so they can yeah. sit down and work out what the wish is supposed to be. Uh, oh. Yeah. But anyway, yes. Yeah. Yes. Trouble to deal with. Yeah. Oh, this is. Fun. Yeah, but yeah, but it comes. Yeah, but so yeah, so you have these. So the, in this case, the cause the the game would revolve around going to these various planes, going to the place where all the knowledge is being kept. Yeah, we want you know. For all we know, they have something here that we can use back on Earth because it works. It, you know, it uses certain principles that are there, are like. You know, this world still has some basic, you know, Newtonian physics that's still still useful, and we can make something using that that works back on Earth, and it actually would maybe give us a ten percent efficiency upgrade on on certain processes. And that's a lot. Yeah, even one percent is a lot for some processes we're doing right now. If we can find, you know, get that knowledge and bring it back in a usable form, which Probably means someone sitting down and transcribing the book into from one language to the other and hoping not screwing again, screwing it up in translation. Sorry, I'm I'm looking here. In actuality, there are seventeen known major princes, at least now. Oh. There were originally sixteen because of a curse that resulted in Jigalag being turned into Shiograph. And that particular being having that dual nature that is constantly conflicting. The prince of logical order and deduction upholds said strict upholds strict order above all else. He's Sherlock Holmes. He's Spock. As a, he believes in certainty and determinism and the concept of an individuality is an illusion. Oh no, scratch that. He's one of the old Greek philosophers. The other uh, was at one time one of the most powerful of the Daedric princes. Other princes began to fear him and his power. They cursed him to live in opposition of everything he stood for. To live the life of a madman and bring chaos and insanity rather than order. He then became Okay. He is allowed to return to his original form once after every era. An event known in the Shireen Isles as the Grey March. Okay. He, he, his true personality resurfaces and exerts control over his realm to summon the Knights of Order. Near the end of the Grey March, 
leaves the aisles and Jigalan appears in person to finish the aisles off after the knights basically burn everything to the ground. Ah, I'm looking at the picture of him. He looks like a um, chrome version of, of Sauron. I was thinking the mouth of Sauron, yes. Not the mouth, Sauron. <laughs> oh, oh, no, Sauron, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's it. I, I got them confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the chrome version of Sauron. And I don't know if he'd be nice to visit either times. Um, not exactly nice to visit either time. Yeah. Funny thing, though, as the, the third era is ending, Oblivion, the events of the game Oblivion, as the third era is ending, the Grey March begins. Oh, that's He's what. The... Started, though, the show breaths, it's an invitation. All right, that explains. I was looking at one map of, of the cosmology, and it has the Shivering Isles listed on it. Different map than I have than I shared with you guys. So, okay, that must be a map of the end of the Third Age, then uh, Third Age game. All right, so. Oh, and the Shivering Isles look for all all the world like a flat Earth. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like that that plane is kind of chewed up, then, isn't it? It is. It has been remade multiple times. Mm-hmm. And much to the denizens' dismay. Yeah. At the end of Oblivion's. At the end of Oblivion, after the after the events of what's referred to as the Shivering Isles, the add-on for that, he is no longer Shograth. Jigalag is again free to wander Oblivion in his true form. There is a new Shograth after that. So it sounds like he's a bit like split. Yes. All right. So. The, the... Take. take Multiple personality disorder on steroids. Yeah. So basically, the Shigarath, the Prince of Madness, is still there, but the Jigalag is also now back. Right. He was first to live as Geograph, with the with the uh, with the ascension of the hero from Oblivion, he is free to wander as his true self. Oh, interesting enough, I'm looking at the uh, the, the one that, the one I shared the the one uh, map of the cosmology. There's no shiver. There's no shivering isles, but there is a sugar wrath. Sugarath's realm is the shivering isles. Ah, so where does Jigalag live now? I don't see him in this in this one. Christian. Or he, or is it, wait a second? We just said they say he wanders, so he's actually roaming the oblivion. Has no particular. Realm. It has no particular realm anymore. So he's a free agent. Yep. Closest thing to an artifact is his sword. Alright, so so yeah, I mean if you if you if so saying adventure, you know, this like I said, this would be a second after you figure out what's going on, this would be the second or third visits back to this place and checking out the system and uh, star platforms. Mm-hmm. I think, and and the thing is, looking at them, neither one's gonna be safe. Uh, the, the the nine divines are not gonna be a, a, a cake roll. No, 
Well, the nine divines are going to be kind of either or on whether mm -hmm. it's actually safe to go there. Yeah. The, the realms of oblivion. Mm -hmm. That's the epitome of careful where you step. Yeah. And at least one of those star platforms would go through the Aetheris and you'll be in, in one of the four realm, one of the four realms, uh, known realms. And I'll do with that as you may, I'd say, you know, <laughs> definitely read up on them. Uh, but looking at, like I said, looking at these ones, you know, you have Mara would probably be a nice place to visit. Um, uh, we always said Giuliano's would be a great place to visit, but you probably would never leave there. Is all the books. <laughs> Debella, what is she like? Uh, Debella, the goddess of beauty. Debella says, Open your heart to the noble secrets of art and love. Treasure the gifts of friendship. Seek joy and inspiration from the mysteries of love. Mm. And she's in dozens of cults. And art, it seems. Art being a... Being a Often depiction of the that the artist sees. Yeah, because I see some of her artifacts, like the brush of true paint was an artifact created by the hair of Diabella. Allows the artist to paint within the canvas by opening a portal in which the artist may enter and paint life-size. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so... Oh, so it's basically you open up a portal to, to a little, little section of the world that's probably just the boundaries of the painting... And you paint it. Off on a limb here. Painting, the, the painting worlds of Super Mario 64. Something like that. Yeah, I see the I see one of the paintings. Yeah, it's a bit pixelated, but hey, it's better in it's better in imagination. <laughs> All right, so that's one thing. And uh, so, it's, yeah, so she's basically her closest equivalent to a to um, Earth Prime deity would be Aphrodite, Venus. Yes, the, the closest approximation of Debella is Aphrodite. Because she does have a helm of a crusader, so there is a little bit of war in there. But what it really comes down to is making the game as fun as possible for the fringeworthy people by incorporating these elements. So if gods like to interact with the people, especially strangers in their realm, those would be the gods that I would think that the GM would want to have interacting with the, their characters, okay? The gods that are more uh, standoffish and the ones that uh, are antagonistic, well, then that would be where they might be th bringing the, the smackdown on a group of people and the player characters might be getting involved to try to protect them and, you know, creating this incident. So, you know, you, usually... Um, in most in most games, uh, RPGs, we GMs are encouraged to not uh, do that, to not go and interact directly with gods because they're almost always super super powerful and they can't you know they really can't do anything. But if you're playing in the late campaign in Frenchworthy, you have access to some pretty amazing stuff, and it might be possible to basically beard the god in his realm if you know, depending upon how powerful you want to make them to be. Yep. And it's also quite possible that you could have 
uh, you know, you're talking with somebody, you're dealing with them. What you really don't realize is Akatosh busy checking, you you know, scoping you out and not not tipping his hand that he's there talking to you. You know, he may be just, you know, I'm going to make make, you know, create a uh, villager and he's going to become your best friend. Mm-hmm. And you may not know you've been dealing with a with a deity until until the situation warrants you knowing it. You may never know. There have been instances where uh, there there was an instance where Talos Talos himself acted through an avatar. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you may come. You may find out afterwards that yeah, you know, Joe, you know, Joe the barber. He wasn't Joe the Barber. He was just some god keeping eyes on you. And yeah, every so often he would, you know, twiddle his fingers and fix things for you in the background, so to speak. You know, no, the GM's not giving you the game. You still had to, you know, the, the, the guy wants to see what you can do. But he's sort of busy keeping things off your back rather than helping you doing doing your task. Yeah. So I'm always the opinion that, you know, NPCs never solve the problem you know, unless you're helping them to solve their problem. The world of Skyrim, as you've heard over these series of, of episodes, is an interesting place to visit. And there's a lot of things you can do there. Uh, as we covered here, the gods of Skyrim are interesting folk and you can work with them. And their realms are places you can visit maybe you you get to you get to interact with the gods and maybe you just simply get to interact with whoever lives there with the gods but it will be an interesting time for your players and definitely there are some places uh you could have a game reason to to visit but that's up to you as a gm to to work out and make interesting for your players so keep playing keep working your ideas but until then This podcast is protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and make all attributions to the TriTech Games Podcast. The views, information, concepts, or opinions expressed during the TriTech Games Podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of TriTech Talents LLC or make claims to its intellectual properties as well as any other properties mentioned in this podcast.